Welcome to Alindal's Choice, a place where we explore the art of living your best life and the challenges we face along the way. A journey is seen through the experiences of a husband, dad, coach, referee, engineer, entrepreneur, athlete. I'm your host, Team Alindal. We're back for another week. And what a crazy week last week was. Crazy is probably a bad term because that adds judgment as a person who's trying to practice stoicism. We should not place judgment on on what are neutral events. <laughs> Let's call last week action-packed. I was a referee at the college showcase in Louisville, Kentucky. It's a tournament for those over 15. The purpose is for these elite teams to come together. It allows coaches to scout and recruit players from the area or region that, that are in attendance of the event. Two weeks ago, I did the women's tournament. It was manageable. The women were very aggressive as what happens at these highly competitive levels. But the speed of the game wasn't too bad. The recklessness of female players is generally fairly low. It was a little bit easier to, to manage the games. The men's tournament, not so much. First of all, the speed is just ridiculous. The ball would be going out of bounds. And these guys would just run it down. I was I was stunned because I was like, oh, that's clearly going to go out of bounds. Like, nope, they saved it. <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, but this makes sense. I mean, these are the games I were doing. A lot of them were 18, 19-year-olds. So we're talking or 17, 18-year-olds. So we're talking about college-level type players. It, it was very impressive. The problem with boys' tournaments are the aggressiveness and the recklessness of these young men is just off the charts and it's just so completely unnecessary these guys are really good players but they just push off the ball shove do just all this unnecessary stuff one of the things that kind of struck me as I was reflecting upon this tournament was I think a lot of the roughness here is because they're still young they're highly competitive a lot of testosterone and winning is all that matters when they get older and they become professional athletes there's more of a check of like well this is my career I can't just go and slide into people because I don't want them sliding into me because I'm getting a paycheck for this I think you see this in college sports as well where it's just a lot rougher game because they're not thinking hey this is a professional event and I need to be a little more cautious in how I go about stuff it's just reckless abandon which brings the temperature of games up no one wants to get slid into or no one wants to get hit too rough, and they retaliate. One of the primary goals of an official is to manage the temperature of games. Mostly I've done younger kids' games, and to be honest, I, I struggle at this aspect of it. I understand the need for calling fouls to bring things back, and I can generally do that. Even so, I've, I've always struggled with some of the younger kids in second half. The games just get more and more uh, reckless as the game nears its end, and the, especially if the score is, you know, someone's trying to come back. I generally struggle with this already. Now we bring in the fact that we've got more competitive, older kids who are going to complain and moan all the time, and... I quickly realized that I was in over my head. <laughs> I just really was. Uh, I'm used to like, hey, if I can give some fouls, it brings it down with these guys. It just didn't happen. You have to give yellow cards. You have to potentially give red cards to go, hey, 
I'm serious, cut this stuff off. That's not something I'm particularly good at at this point in time. It's something that I am going to really need to work on because I had one game where just things got out of control. A team was making a furious comeback. They were down 4-1. to one. They made it 4-3 to three in the last two minutes of the game. Uh, they're obviously running out of time. They want to get the ball back to the center so we can have another kickoff. The goalkeeper picks the ball up out of the net, which is his right. The other team comes in and tries to take it from him. This leads to a pushing match between the two teams. A whole bunch of players are involved. I come running in. Unfortunately, one kid on the team that was trailing took a swing and connected with the other player. There wasn't a lot of intent there, but we can't have that. He gets red carded for that. I'm trying to break this up. My ARs really didn't help me, which was unfortunate. The one guy who was closest, he had turned away once the goal was scored. The one across on the other side of the field didn't come in. I, I didn't get numbers, so we, you know, there should have been probably seven or eight yellow cards with this. I, there was only like one or two yellows given and a red. All of this happened because I did a poor job of managing the temperature of the game. I, I, I have to get better, and I will get better. It's something that will be a focal point for my season this year is game temperature. No, I can see the game. I can see fouls. I'd probably need to get better at identifying fouls, but that's that's something else I can. I, that's always something you're going to be working on. But the temperature of the game is something I've really. That's going to be my top priority this year in officiating. Now, I finish officiating Sunday about one. I'm heading home. Going to chill. I've done seven games two days. You're talking about three miles of mix of run walk. Mostly walk, but there's some running involved and some sprinting. Uh, I've done about 20-something miles. I get a call from a friend who has a team that was supposed to play that day at 1 o'clock, but the opposing team, which was from Bowling Green, which is in a different time zone, they must have mixed up the time. They came late. The referees who were supposed to do the original game couldn't do the later game at 3 o'clock. He's calling around frantically looking for an official. I had all my stuff. I'm like, oh, I can do it. I get there. I'm the only ref. I don't have assistance. I have parents having to be assistants. You know, and I, I come up to me. He's like, oh, this should be an easy game. It's just a friendly. No worries. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I'm like, okay, what was the other team? He tells me the name of the team, and I'm like, oh, no. That is a team that has a reputation for being a rough and tumble team. <laughs> I just had to chuckle to myself. Because, yes, that's what the game became. It was a very rough-and-tumble game. I tried to maintain temperature. I did an okay job at that. I'm, like I said, it's a work in progress. I'm, I'm going to have to get better at it. <laughs> there was a yellow card in the game. That was my attempt to kind of bring it back in the second half. Uh, but the one team was just really physical. It, you know, A lot of their challenges were reckless but technically legal. And there's just not a lot you can do to, to stop the physicality of the game. And <laughs> so that happened. <laughs> he was like, afterwards, like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize it would be that physical. He'd never uh, gone up against that team before, which it happens. It's no big deal. It's just funny. On my way to ref that game at 3, I realized that I had soccer practice that night at 530. 
So I get there, do this game, roll back to Frankfurt to coach my soccer team at 5.30. I didn't get home until 7-something. I ate and went straight to bed. The hilarious part of it is, is I wake up Monday morning. One of the things that Garmin watches have is a, a recovery time. When you do a workout, there's a recovery time from that workout. And the recovery time is just meant to tell you how long it should be before you do another like intense hard workout. And then Monday morning, after getting a good night's sleep Sunday night, it's still set at 80 hours to recover from that weekend's activity. <laughs> that's, that's a really big number. That's, what, four days? <laughs> Three days. That's crazy, man. Crazy. Oh. Anyway, got to pull this back in. Let's talk about goals for the week. One of my goals this last week, when I mentioned the last podcast, is I'm trying to become much more singularly focused what I do day to day. One of the tools that I had to kind of instill this new habit was I wanted to create a daily journal where I go in, before I do a task, I write down what it is. The whole point of that would be allow me to really focus in on this. This is the what I'm going to do right now. And the result of a week of that is kind of mixed bag. I did make daily entries. My problem was consistency day to day. There would be gaps of time without entries, or I might like do multiple things during one task. So there is a failure to maintain that single task focus, which is okay because I'm working to get better. I know I'm not perfect at it. But there were some inconsistencies with that day. And I began to think about, well, last week we were talking about the key traits of consistent execution. What is it that causes us to be inconsistent in the first place? Why do we fail at consistency? You know, maybe we should look at this from the other side of the, the coin. And I began to do research on it. And what I came back was four areas that cause consistency of execution to fail. One is motivation. There's like lack of intrinsic motivation. Like, I don't feel like doing this right now. <laughs> We talked about this last week, and people who are really heavily motivated to get something done are much easier to be consistent. Well, if I'm not motivated to do something, it becomes much harder for me to consistently do it. There's also burnout. I mean, this is stuff I've faced before with IT. I've, that's why I ended up opening a bicycle shop, which is a whole different discussion. I've had trouble with being a swimming coach, just the grind of it day to day. Sometimes I'm like, maybe I should need to give this up now. Um, another area is like conflicting goals. Let's say I have a project I really need to get done, but I also have a goal to be fit and I need to go out and run every day or run or bike every day. I'm running out of time. Which one do I? I have to give one of these up. All of a sudden, yeah, I, I work on the project, get it done, but I don't do the fitness. So now I have an inconsistency within fitness. Another area was self-regulation. When you look at things like procrastination, something I love to do is procrastinate at times. Well, that can do things like if I put something off, now that we've reached the due date, now I have to rush to get it done. Now I'm doing shoddy work. The consistency of the quality of my work will decline. Another area of self-regulation is distractions. This is a huge problem for me. It's very easy for my mind to wander and me to go down a different path. It's very 
easy if someone's talking around me to get sucked into the conversation. Television is probably the greatest evil due to its, ooh, bright, shiny lights, let me go look at it. <laughs> that is totally me when it comes to television. I have to really lock down television. And then there's like impulsivity. I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, I really need to do, I really want to do this. And sometimes that takes over <laughs> and you go do that. That makes it hard to be consistent when you can't stay on track. Another area that causes inconsistency is our environment. Lack of structure. If I don't have a schedule, it's easy to go to a drift. For me, like scheduling is like kind of bumpers. They kind of keep you <laughs> somewhat on path. Though anytime I'm in an environment where there's no set schedule, there's no structure to how I'm doing something, it can be very easy to fall off the bandwagon. Uh, your environment disruptions, I already said television, other people. Things in my immediate environment can lead to some of those disruptions and distractions. Another area in the environment would be like lack of resources. Why? Let's say I'm trying to bike four days a week. I was in a crash. I bent my wheel. It costs $300 to get a replacement wheel. I don't have that money readily available. I can't replace my wheel, which means I can't ride. Now all of a sudden I've become inconsistent in my fitness goals. Another one that happened to me, we got fiber internet. Great, greatest thing ever. Fast, reliable, awesome. It's a great resource to have when it's available. There's a patch cable that goes in from the router to their router to my router, and it was hanging behind my desk in the office. And every so often you'd hear the cat get behind the desk, which was like, why are you back there, cat? You're stupid. Well, about a month after we got fiber, all of a sudden it stopped working. I looked down the back. I'm checking the, checking the devices. Everything's good. Let's look at the cable. I pulled the cable up from behind the desk. It had been eaten by my cat. Are you kidding me? <laughs> my cat ate my fiber patch cable. Can't make this stuff up in life sometimes. I'm like, well, maybe one of the stores, like a Best Buy, I know they have Cat 5 cable. Maybe they have just an extraneous fiber patch cable laying around. I get my son up, because it's summertime at this point in time. I get my son, we're, we're going to go travel around, see if we can find a patch cable. We drive up to Walmart. They obviously don't have it. That's not shocking. We go to like Office Depot. They don't have it. I'm like, well, let's go up to Lexington. There's a couple stores up in Lexington we can try. So we drive 30 minutes to Lexington, get lunch, have a fun time of it. We can't find a patch cable anywhere. I end up having to order it overnight via Amazon. Not having network makes it really hard to consistently work. <laughs> so there's also that. The last area that can cause inconsistency, which is probably one of the more common ones, is unforeseen stuff. There's an unexpected event happen. Let's say you had a, a medical emergency. Let's say you got sick. Maybe you were, someone hit your car. Now you have to go get it fixed. These moments of what I like to call chaos can make it hard to get work done because now I'm sick. I can't do anything today. I, you know, the flu hit me, COVID hit me, whatever it is. I'm out. I can't, I don't feel it. I can't do anything today. Hard to be consistent when you're out for things like that. Or like a change in plans would be another area of unforeseen stuff. And this is stuff that happens for everybody. You're working on some task. You get a call. Hey, 
at least for, I'm in IT, so like the call is going to be something along the lines of, the system is down, can you fix it? Well, this becomes, uh, well, okay, I, I got to address this first. What I'm working on has to be pushed back. My whole schedule for the day, I'm going to have to maybe move something into tomorrow. So there's this whole change of plans or like a priority. Something Like I said, something comes a higher priority. You know, I've been working on three things. I have three things listed for the day. Now someone calls like, hey, this I need this by lunch. Well, something I was going to do after lunch now maybe have to get moved up before lunch. Chaos. This is the definition for me of chaos. Uh, in Stoicism, they call this fate. I like to think of it as chaos because it, <laughs> you never know when it's going to happen and you never know what it's going to do. And that is just life. <laughs> when I look at this list of things that cause a failure of consistency, I see a couple things. We're talking about motivation. When I look at motivation, personally, I think this is a perception issue. If I'm not motivated to do something, it's because I perceive it the wrong way. If I'm burnt out, I don't feel like going. It's because I feel like I'm burnt out. I have this perception that I'm burnt out. If I'm not motivated, like, oh, that feels like that's going to be painful to do. I need to change that perception to be, it's not going to be painful. I just have to get started. Motivation can be addressed via perception. And what's nice about motivation issues is they're, it's a fairly static problem. You know it's going to happen. And therefore, you can begin to look at perception and address those issues as they come up. You know, the environment structure issues are generally the same way. You know when things are going to be structured, when things are not going to be structured. And you can begin to, to work with that. The unforeseen chaos, much, much more difficult to deal with. It's unexpected. It catches you off balance. It can very easily pull at your emotions. You can get angry. You can get frustrated. When chaos happens, I think your impulses have fewer checks. It's, I think it's also easier to get swept up by distraction and procrastination when chaos strikes. Because now all of a sudden you're working with this. You get done with that. You don't really want to get back into it. Uh, you, you might just go down a road. Just deal with the emotional elements of that chaotic event. So what I see is that self-regulation, one of the other elements of this, can be greatly impacted by a lack of structure and chaos. And this is where I think most of my inconsistency and in execution come from. So I went out and like, okay, how can we handle chaos better? Go out and do some research. And I, it comes back with like the first thing you have to do with handling chaos is acknowledge and diffuse the emotion from the situation. This is great. This is right in the Stoic wheelhouse. This is the whole one of the major tenets of Stoicism, which I'm trying to adopt in my life. You can either go along or you can be dragged along. The choice is yours. <laughs> so when chaos happens, I have to just acknowledge that it happened. Okay, we're going to just do what needs to be done. I'm not going to go kicking and screaming against something that I don't have control over because the whole purpose is for us to control what we can control and let go of the things that we cannot control. And chaos is very much things we cannot control. This for me is a work in progress. I'm trying to improve. It is very challenging. It's very difficult. I imagine if you've tried to acknowledge and diffuse emotions before, it can be very challenging. So once we've diffused the emotion, the next step I found was you're supposed to assess the situation for priority. And this, this makes sense. Can I, do I have to do it now? Or could it wait until after my current task is completed? Or can I do it tomorrow? 
These are things that we can ask ourselves and then we can adapt our plan as necessary because that would be the next step is we need to adapt our plan to fit in with managing the chaos and, and what we already have structured. Once we have adjusted our planning, now we can refocus on either the original task or the new task that takes priority. I, this is an area where I struggle personally. When you start having emotions, you start having these disruptions, my thoughts can easily wander. I can get frustrated or whatever, and things. it becomes very hard to come back and refocus on that task. But when I look at this list, I see elements in my day-to-day systems to manage this. You know, my task management system is set up to handle inbox items and, and restructuring of priorities. Now, maybe that's a, an area I can discuss in a future episode. My work on Stoic philosophy and acceptance of Stoic principles is a work in progress. To me, I feel like chaos can be manageable, and it's something that I'm getting better at. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm, better, I'm much better at it in like a structured environment where I have everything lined out for the day it's easier for me to re- recalibrate, put everything together, you know, move things around than when I'm in an unstructured environment and I don't have easy resources to, to manage things. Which gets us to the other element of inconsistency, which is handling unstructured times. Like for me, this is evenings, weekends, anytime I'm away from the house, anytime I'm interacting with other people. There's two problems here. One is like in the evenings and weekends, I generally don't have a firm schedule. I try to like have some priorities and go with it. You know, when anytime you're out of the house or well, on the weekends, true, you're, you're interacting like from the weekends, I'm interacting with my family. When I'm away from the house, you're interacting with people all over the place. And whenever you're doing interactions with other people, you're dealing with things that you can't control. Chaos is much more likely to strike. So I go out and look up on the interweb, like how do we handle unstructured environments? And they offer a number of possible things. Create a loose schedule. If I'm going into the weekend, maybe instead of having a detailed schedule of everything I'm going to do, I, I create a loose schedule. Okay, I want to do these four or five things. Okay, that makes sense. Next step would be to prioritize the tasks to be done. Now this is something I generally do. Like, okay, these are the three or four things I want to get done on the weekend. This is probably the most important this is the second, this is the third. And I, I kind of line them up that way. That, that makes sense. The next thing would be to focus on one task at a time. And again, this for me is a work in progress. I am trying to eliminate multitasking. I'm not there. I'm <laughs> not even close. Something I'm very strongly working on because multitasking is just a problem that I need to get beyond. One thing, the next thing it talks about is maybe scheduling mindfulness breaks. This is actually interesting because what we're doing with a mindfulness break is taking our focus and bringing it back to our purpose, i.e. bringing it from kind of the autonomous of whatever we're doing or the emotional state and bringing back reason to the equation, allowing us to once again make decisions on what we're doing. And the last thing I saw with regard to this is embracing the unexpected. You know, we have to embrace the chaos because it's more likely to happen on days without strict schedule. Again, this is my attempt at following stoic principles and theory will help with this as it goes on. I think the next thing is you got to not expect to get things on your list done. 
if you go in with an expectation of these are all nice to get done, but none of it might happen, that's a much better way to go about it because then you're not making judgment on the fact that you didn't get things done or you couldn't get stuff done. For me, the big thing with the unexpected is avoiding silly distractions on the weekend when I could be using that thing, that time to get valuable stuff done. Like one of the things I'll I'll do, I'll be I get up, I'm walking around, my son maybe is playing a game, I'll sit down, I'll start watching television. You know, I might watch a soccer game and now all of a sudden just the game ends, I'm just now I pick up some random thing like like we watch a lot of Henry Danger for some reason. It's it's like my son games all the time and he wants to have like YouTube on and I can only do so much YouTube that it begins to grate on me over time. So when I'm just sitting around, I'll throw like Henry Danger on, which is just it's a marathon on Nickelodeon that's always on. And then I'll get sucked into like episodes of Henry Danger, which like I've seen probably every episode two or three times, but I still get sucked in. It's crazy. What I'm looking for in these unstructured time periods is how can I avoid spending a significant amount of time doing non-valuable stuff? I mean, there's, there's recreation, relaxation I get, but I can't spend the whole day watching television when like, you know, an hour or two is more than adequate for a relaxation period. So what I keep thinking about when we talk about the chaotic and unstructured days is I think I need some way to reel myself back into the reason world. You know, chaos is something that we can manage. Unstructured is my challenge. How do I go away from my autonomous system? How do I go away from my emotional system of like, I don't feel like doing anything, I'm going to watch TV. How do I bring myself back to reason thought? You know, I haven't found a good solution yet, so all I can do is really experiment. And that's a good rule of thumb. If you don't know what to do, try something. If it doesn't work, that's okay. One, it tells you what doesn't work. It's kind of the Edison strategy to making light bulbs. <laughs> And secondly, maybe it'll provide greater insight to what your actual problem you're trying to overcome is. So I guess the first question is, if we're trying to solve this problem, what technology is available for me? You know, if I'm out and about, it's the evening, what is most likely going to be around me? Usually, like my phone, especially when I'm going out, I almost always have my phone. And I do have my watch. I wear my watch 24-7. I use it to get sleep data. That's why I wear it at bed at night. Generally, I'll switch to my right arm in the evening when I sleep. That way I don't get kind of the soreness from wearing a watch 24-7 on one arm. <laughs> That's a sidebar. I've already am trying to use my phone as the bridge, as my journaling bridge for single tasking stuff. When I'm away from my desk, when I'm away from my tablet where I do the journaling, I try to use my phone to fill that gap so that I can continue maintaining that singular focus through the day. The question I have though is, is, can I use these to potentially grab my attention, which could create a lifeline back to reason thought when things go astray on the weekend? That got to me thinking about my watch. My, my watch has a timer system. What if I set a timer? You know, if I'm gonna sit down and watch a soccer game, I know how long it's gonna be. Maybe I set a timer when the game is over It'll alert me like, hey, 
let's get back. Do we have anything reasonable we can do? Or you know, what, what's the next thing that we want to do? Or maybe if I sit down to play some Fortnite, maybe I set a timer for two hours. Okay, I'm going to play for two hours. This is going to be fun. And then when that's done, let's make a reasoned thought about what we should do next. I mean, the main goal here is to give myself a chance to get out of mindfulness and back into reasoned decision-making. So that's what I'm going to try in the coming weeks. We're going to use my watch. We're going to set timers. And we're going to try to chunk up unstructured days, allowing me a chance to regain focus and make rational, mindful decisions. We're going to add this into our weekly priorities. So we're going to continue our journaling, single tasking. We're going to use the phone during these unstructured times. And then we're going to use timers to try to reel ourselves back during unstructured or chaotic times. This will be quite the experiment. I have no idea if it's going to work or not, but we're going to try it. We'll report back our results. If you've enjoyed this episode, tell a friend about us. Spread the word of the show. If you haven't already, subscribe to get future content. And as always, have a great day if you want to. It's a choice. It's always a choice.